starting small and working locally can create just as big of an impact as things that seem more large scale just because you're creating more impact on each person individually and that's very rewarding for both you and the people that you impact as well. Hey, I'm Bailey. And I'm Stephanie. We are the hosts of Never Too Early, a podcast where we showcase youth activists, NGO founders, and entrepreneurs. In this episode, I speak with Ivy Shi, the co-founder and director of operations at Girls for Business, a 501c3 nonprofit aiming to expand the access of business education resources to all young women through their mentorship program, a business newsletter, a Slack platform, virtual events, and more. She comes from Michigan and is currently studying in Hong Kong at an international boarding school. She is also a keen researcher in the field of technology. Listen as Ivy shares about leading a team of young talents, scaling it up, and even doing research in high school. Hello, and welcome back to Never Too Early. Today on the podcast, we have Ivy Shi. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. To start us off, I'd love to just quickly ask you, what is something you are grateful for today? Mm, I think today I'm really grateful for being in Hong Kong in general, and also for public transport here, just because I think this whole winter season, I felt homesick, but today just being here and then kind of being on the MTR, listening to music, getting in the vibe, I really felt like I was doing something, being here and just kind of taking track of my own life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that actually leads us like right into our next question, because I think you sort of explain a little bit about you being in Hong Kong and whatnot. Um, but would you mind just giving us a quick introduction of first who you are and secondly, you know, all the amazing things that you do? Yeah, of course. So basically, I'm Ivy. I'm originally from the U.S. in Michigan, where I've lived practically my whole life. And basically for the last two years of high school, I am doing the IB diploma program here in Hong Kong at Lipo Chun United World College, which is a boarding international school. And basically this is an amazing opportunity to also get to explore uh, both Hong Kong's culture and also uh, its great economy and the opportunities for business and entrepreneurship, which kind of leads me into my passions, which are social entrepreneurship, specifically in the technology industry and sector. So that also ties into some other things I've been doing in regards to AI research and also in regards to social entrepreneurship. I co-founded a nonprofit, Girls for Business, and I think we will be talking about that more later and a one more hobby of mine is just writing poetry and doing spoken word which a lot of people don't know but thought I would share yeah absolutely that's so lovely oh my god yeah and you're right I did not know you did spoken word but that is so cool I yeah that's that's really insanely cool I love that so much <laughs> um but so one of the things you mentioned was you being the co-founder of girls for business so I guess we'll just start off with that um, would you mind telling us a little bit about what you do there? So basically, Girls for Business is a 501c3 certified nonprofit with a mission to not only empower females in the business field, but also provide free business education resources. So for some context, the other co-founders and I all have this shared passion for business. And 
in May of 2020, we recognized there were two prominent issues in the business field. Uh, first of all, there is a very wide gender gap. So we can see that there's a heavy stereotype of like old men in black suits that automatically discourages a lot of females and non-binaries from even pursuing the business field. And additionally, like in traditional K-12 education curriculums, especially ones that are free public education, there is not like a really set business track that they can kind of learn about both financial literacy and other business field aspects, which limits a lot of people's understanding of what business actually is and also personal financing, which is a crucial skill in the real world. So we wanted to find a way to kind of connect both of these issues and create a solution. And that's why we co-founded Girls for Business. So we officially started in June 2020, and from then on, as a co-founder, I've mainly just been overlooking our initiatives and starting a lot of the idea generation process and then making sure that these ideas come to life. But what really drives our team is definitely each and every member, because from the beginning, we started off with a pretty small team of just a few main directors and now we've expanded to a team of around 70 people in each of the sectors. So for some context, uh, we have the mentorship team, the outreach team, the public relations team, finance team, writing team, <laughs> and uh, also the film creation team. And each of these teams uh, Oh, also, I'm sorry if I forgot to mention this, but the graphic design and art team and each of these seven teams are uh, composing our main international team that leads our core three initiatives, which are providing resources, creating a community platform and uh, providing mentorship. So some of the main things that we provide are free one-on-one -on -one business mentorship to uh, young girls and connecting them to business professionals, such as people who are currently attending a renowned business school, such as Wharton, MIT, Sloan, et cetera. And then we also have a business newsletter going on, um, which has bi-weekly newsletters that are sent out. And basically this is part of the resource initiative. So providing free resources. And additionally in the resource initiative sector, we do like monthly events that cover a variety of niche topics within the business field. And we invite business professionals to come and talk about it in a panel format or an individual Q&A format. And uh, finally, for the community platform, we use our community Slack as well as our Instagram to build this community for females and non-binaries to connect with each other and really empower each other uh, and inspire each other to continue pursuing the business field in whatever way that may be. And basically this year we want to start launching new initiatives that are in person as COVID situations hopefully get better. And then we also want to do more large scale initiatives such as a international pitch competition and hosting another international Girls for Business conference. So there are just a lot of things like that currently going on. And I think that it's really rewarding to look back and see where we started from and how much we've grown. And yeah. Absolutely. And that was such a thorough answer. So thank you so much. Um, no, but I really understand what you're talking about with like the 
gender imbalance in the business field because um, I'm sure that you know Girls for Business obviously came out of a struggle that you guys faced and I've also definitely been there you know going to pitch competitions and seeing it's predominantly yeah. boys or being the only girl like on a tech team and that really yeah. is frustrating um, but one of the things that I think that you brought up was the importance of having a team and also the importance of having a really strong community so the two questions that sort of stem out of that are first how do you grow and lead a team because you really talked about how you've grown from only a couple founders to you know a really thorough and a really you know a really large team that sort of covers all aspects and secondly how do you grow a community that actually like reciprocates and engages with you guys and your platform yeah thank you those are two really great questions so i think that with in regards to team it really first stems from us looking for the right people so although there are individuals who may be super qualified in all the categories that you may think are like quote unquote right I don't know um they may not have the right passion or the right work ethic that we're looking for in the team so through our application process first we have this Google form where they basically fill out like written answers. And through that, we can kind of gauge how much they're willing to put into an application and also their personality and what they're looking for out of our organization also through their answers. But then we like to go one step further and with more potential team members, we always do one-on-one -on -one interviews. Um, with our first director team, all three of the co-founders interviewed each and every one of the applicants. So we went through about 30-ish hours of interviews like in our first few weeks. And we really wanted to dig deep and understand the people that we might be working with because especially for the people leading a team, I think it's really important to know that they are going to be kind of like the driving forces of the organization. And if passion isn't there in them, then it's not going to transfer over to the other team members and more so it's not going to transfer over to our audience. So we want to just get to know them through that. And I think that when you're conducting an interview one-on-one, -on -one, you really get to know who they are and at some point you understand what they're trying to get out of our organization as well. And it's kind of to see who's the best fit for us and then are we the best fit for them and what they're looking for in their experiences as well. Because if our organization isn't fulfilling to what experience they want, then eventually that leads to a downfall in employee, not employee, like in morale of the team members. Um, and then I think going one step further after choosing the right people, it's about continuing this engagement, but also keeping a fine line between authority and friendliness. I think a lot of leaders find it difficult to uh, either like get too close to their team members or be drifted way too far apart. And I think being able to experiment with that and just understand how to achieve the right balance is super important. And I think that through time, through interacting with a variety of people, you can build that skill of achieving that balance and then understanding how to connect on a more personal level with your team members that builds trust, but also having the authority to be strict about deadlines and things like that and then for the question of how we kind of 
engage with the community and create a platform for everyone to empower each other. I think it's really important in the reciprocation process to first put our own our passion out there as much as we can, which we have to do through like continuous interaction with our audience. Because if we're just here like spewing out resources and not getting any feedback, we don't really understand what our target audience is looking for. And I think that through feedback after our events, so basically we send out like a form after everything and then we get feedback and we try to adapt to it. We learn how to grow from there and continue providing resources that are more tailored to what our audience is looking for. And then also we interact with them continuously through our social media, as well as our community Slack, where we try and boost discussion by like asking engaging questions, creating trivia games, and just having a little fun with our audience as well to know that like there are real people behind this organization. We're all trying to create an empowering community and things like that. That is so insightful. And I think like, like the, I love the way you ended um, talking about, you know, adding some humanity into having a platform because a lot of times with platforms, you don't really know who's behind it. Or even if you do, you don't really have that human connection with someone who's running it. Um, so the fact that you guys are involved and on top of things and engaged with them is really amazing too. Um, sort of adding on from that, because you're so involved and obviously engaged with your community, is there anything that you've learned from your community or is there anything that you've learned personally from Girls for Business workshops that you found like really valuable? Yeah, for sure. So I think that like, although we are the people hosting the events, we do get like business professionals to speak. So each event that I attend, I'm learning something personally as well. And I think one of the most important ones were about like personal finance, because I think that's one of the skills that is especially crucial in today's world that isn't really covered in education in school. And also um, it's just very insightful to hear from a professional in the field. And then I think from my team members, especially underclassmen um, in our various teams, I've learned that there are certain people who no matter like where they are, they can find a way to make impact or take their idea to the next level. And I think that in our team, there is like a there's a very staggered structure. So we have the international team and then we also have our chapter teams and ambassador teams. And then within each of these teams, there are leaders and like, like co-leaders. I'm not really sure how the co-leaders, like how we classify those, but basically there are the leaders and then there are certain initiative leaders um, for each specific thing. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for leadership, but what's the most inspiring is to see team members who have just joined to try and nurture their own ideas and bring it to life and actually do something about it. So there was one member who is on the ambassador team and just joined as a team member and was still adjusting to the team, but they had a really great idea about uh, creating like mentorship forms and basically they reached out to us and then we were able to talk to the mentorship directors about it and then actually bring this idea to life and then in the future this person 
got to progress up to actually become a mentorship co-director. So I think that it's really inspiring to see um, people learning how to take more initiative through our platform, knowing that even though there are already leaders, I guess, there are still opportunities for you to be a leader in whatever position you're in. And I think that's really applicable to real life as well. Like no matter where you are, you should always try your hardest because there's always opportunities that will come to you. And there are people who will see your effort and see your work ethic. So it's not always about the title. It's more about what you do with what you have. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And I think this was something we touched upon outside of um, this call as well, just like in our normal conversation, talking about how, um, for context, we attend the same school, but people, our school is very diverse in almost all aspects. Um, and for that reason, people sort of have like different starting points um, and with, you know, their success. So you have some people who are coming from backgrounds that provide more opportunities and, versus some coming from backgrounds that provide less. Um, however, you really said that each person has to really make the you know the most of what they have and really be resourceful with that um so sort of shifting gears slightly into not talking about girls for business but talking more about your research um how do you think you know being resourceful and how do you think um really making your own opportunities has played into that yeah for sure so i think um giving some more context to the viewers on like what research is and going into research in high school. Uh, basically, research is a very broad umbrella term that's typically classified into you exploring a certain topic or a question in a scientific field, or it can also be any STEM field or social science. And basically, a lot of high schoolers these days are starting to get involved with that, which um, it's typically like an undergraduate or graduate level experience, but people are finding ways to create this opportunity for themselves. So basically, I think um, around certain communities, it's easy to feel that you may be more at a disadvantage because you don't have these opportunities that are coming to you. And it seems like these opportunities are just being handed over to some other people that you might be seeing on, for example, LinkedIn, or I don't know, just things like that. And I think at those times, it's really important to realize uh, that focusing on yourself is the most important and focusing on what you can do in your own situation because there's always an opportunity for you to create something for yourself rather than waiting around for something to come to you. So in context of research, if you really wanna get started, um, first think of a topic that you're really interested in and maybe go and take some free online courses in this topic. For example, you might be interested in programming, but you have no idea how to code in any language, there are tons of resources out there for you to get started with that. And you can go really far. And then with this coding knowledge that you have, you can start to cold email or reach out through your connections to people at professional institutions, such as universities, and ask these professors if they want some extra help in their lab. And then you can provide these skills that you have developed through you taking the initiative to actually learn. So I think that 
through everything. It's just about going step by step and seeing what you can do with what you have. And contrary to popular belief, you do not need money always to do these opportunities and you do not always need connections. Obviously, in the field of research, having connections is very helpful. However, just by showing your initiative and just reaching out, even just by cold email or cold calling, and really conveying this passion and enthusiasm through your cold email or cold call, these people are willing to help you and are willing to provide you an environment. And it's also important to maybe try and start more locally so you can build that connection network if you do want to expand to a bigger institution. And then in regards to something that connects back to Girls for Business, if you do want to start your own initiative, it doesn't have to be a nonprofit or a business. It could be hosting a hackathon, hosting a workshop in your local community for underprivileged children. It could be basically anything you have a passion for, you can go and bring that to life just by starting small and starting step by step. For example, you can reach out to a very local community nonprofit that can help you facilitate an event that you want to host and then get attendees, market, and do things like that. So there's really a vast amount of things that you can do with the community around you. And honestly, I think starting small and working locally can create just as big of an impact as things that seem more large scale, just because you're creating more impact on each person individually. And that's very rewarding for both you and the people that you impact as well. Yes, 100%. There is such a power when it comes to starting small and I honestly think it's generally, you know, a very good option for so many people um, because it allows you to test out things. It allows Mm -hmm. you to um, really see if you have a true passion in something like this. And it's sort of like a smaller commitment before you, you know, dive right into something bigger. But a lot of times after starting something small, it tends to grow. And I feel like you've seen that with Girls for Business and perhaps even with your research. Do you have any tips for scaling or for, you know, how to manage a growing NGO or nonprofit? Yeah, I think that when you start to see growth, it's very, very exciting. But that also comes with a lot of feelings of maybe being overwhelmed and just feeling that you have a lot on your plate. So first off, it's very important to keep a balance in your life and make sure that you're not to a point where you're completely burning yourself out and not able to put your best into what you're doing. But with a growing organization, um, such as what I've experienced with GFB, I think that it's really important to get help basically. And that's like through expanding our team, which is why there's no way that we can manage all of these initiatives with our original team of just us three co-founders. And there is no way that we could even achieve this with seven directors. So we really need to expand internally in order to expand externally because the wider we reach out, the more people we need to lead in certain sectors. For example, if we want to expand to international chapters, we need 
chapter leaders to facilitate these expansions and facilitate these initiatives. And I think another part of this that kind of ties back into what I was saying about choosing the right members on a team is that there's it's important to have a trust in your um, in the people in your team to know that they can facilitate and lead, which is why it's very important to uh, choose quality people who have the same vision as you in the organization so that you're kind of on the same page of what you want. Because although the co-founders and I are overlooking everything, we cannot specifically look after every single initiative and we turn those tasks on to the leaders of each team uh, like the people who are directing the teams and also the people who are directing specific initiatives to overlook it in detail whereas we're more overlooking the streamlined flow of everything so having that trust there is also very important because it's really hard to keep that burden all on a few people and I think that another thing would just be to have a platform where it's easy to be organized and manage everything, because I think something we can see from our school, for example, is that we have stuff on like seven different platforms. There is absolutely no way to keep track of anything. And it's all kind of dependent on each student. However, with something that you want to scale, with something that you want to expand globally, it's very important to keep everything um, organized and neat within your own organization so that it is also organized and neat when you share it out to the public. Because I think as we grow, there's a lot of cross-team communication going on, for example, between the graphic design and art team and the outreach team. And if there's no way for them to easily share materials or communicate with each other, then everything would just become a mess. And then one missed deadline leads to another missed deadline, which leads to our audience not getting something delivered. So it's very important to just keep your organization organized from the beginning and then also just personally with whatever you're trying to expand, keep your own ideas organized, keep your structure organized, and just kind of create an easy path for yourself to follow so that you don't get lost in the mess. That is such good advice. And I really think the importance of organization is so prevalent, especially as busy high schoolers who not only have, you know, perhaps research and their organization, but so much schoolwork, extracurriculars, and, yeah. you know, just like a social life too, hopefully. Um, but <laughs> just to quickly wrap up, um, I'll start with a few questions that we sort of ask everyone. The first one being, what does the future hold for you as an individual and also for GFB and your research? For me as an individual, I'm really looking forward to continuing to explore like my own individual identity here in Hong Kong. I think that being away from my family has really allowed me to have the freedom to find different ways that I want to spend my time and manage my time. And I think that I'm learning a lot here on my own, both with like you were talking about managing everything as well as like sleeping well and having a social life. And I think that that's something that I'm really looking forward to keep developing. And then 
also professionally with GFB, hopefully we are looking to continuing to expand our chapters. So we're starting our state chapter launch. And then within each of the chapters, we're hoping to create these in-person events for people to join and then hosting more large scale international events such as another conference and then also a pitch competition for our community and other exciting things like that. And then finally, for my research this summer, I'm hoping to expand upon um, more research within the field of computer science um, and potentially some information management and maybe enter a science fair or something like that and try to actually publish my ideas to the world and do some more influential research in things that I'm interested in. And yeah, I think that's about it for now. That sounds amazing. And I cannot wait to read your research in the future. Um, it's so amazing, you know, what you're doing right now, um, but really the possibilities are endless. Moving on to our next question. What is a change maker to you? To me, a change maker is someone who is able to bring something that they're interested in or passionate about and use what they have to impact other people. And other people could be as large as possible or also just a singular person because even one person impacted is a change created. And I think that a change maker is able to kind of change the pace of a certain aspect of life for example like in a specific field they're able to create impact in an issue that is ongoing and change it for the better for again either just one person or in general and I think that change makers really just have the drive to continue trying for the mission or the vision that they have in whatever issue they identify. And then also it doesn't have to be that deep sometimes. It could just mean that they're impacting someone and making their day better. I really think that answer gave it a nice way to round up what you've said because you mentioned, you know, you might impact a lot of people, you might impact only one and that's fine and you also mentioned you know the importance of passion and a vision um, that a change maker has so I think that's great um moving on to the next question who is one female change maker whether it be an entrepreneur a you know pop culture icon a historian that you look up to because you mentioned pop culture icon and you're wearing a Taylor Swift hoodie and we are both Swifties for context. We are. We I have are. to go with Taylor Swift. Um, I think that she is definitely a very inspirational female entrepreneur as well as change maker, just because of the impact that she is able to create on her audience and the world with what she loves, which is music and through her lyrics. And I think that she is able to convey this through her and like, put her own twist on it, such as her re-recording several albums from her past and doing it with more individuality and also taking her own initiative to um, produce it. And 
things like that. And then I think being in the music industry, a lot of people don't realize how difficult it is to continue to produce these um, pieces for people and also to just perform, maintain your image like on social media and then also have to continue to create. And I think that that is something that's really motivational, like the fact that she can use what she loves to create a positive impact on people because I think we can definitely say that Taylor Swift has positively impacted us with her songs when we're sad. And I think that I can, that speaks for many, many, many people in the world. But yeah, it's more about what she's um, doing with the thing that she loves and that she's creating all these opportunities for herself and then also sharing it with the world in a positive manner that makes her such an inspirational and strong change maker. Yes, I love that so much. And I was honestly kind of hoping you brought up Taylor Swift when I said pop culture too. <laughs> um, no, because I feel like we've bonded over her and like her music. Definitely. Yeah. And she's just so inspirational, like throughout her whole musical career, first of all, starting literally as a teenager and having yeah. hundreds of thousands you know, now she has like millions of people following her, listening to her music. So 100% agree with that. And a big Swifty here as well. So yeah, and that ties into the podcast title as well, that it's never too early to get started on what you love, Mm -hmm. share it with the world, or just share it with a few people. It's, I don't know, just keep doing what you love and then get ready to put it out there someday. It's also never too early to shake it off. <laughs> no, that was so bad. I'm so sorry. No, but yeah, you should love her. Yeah, and if you're not a Swifty yet, it's never too early. Oh, no, it's never too late to start listening to her songs and dig deeper and see everything that she's gone through in her journey to get to where she is today. And I think that's also the same for a lot of people around us who are taking the initiative and creating I don't know I don't know what I was gonna say no but that makes sense (laughs) um yeah yeah I, I think it's all about taking the initiative and her grit and her you know she's obviously overcome so many challenges I think the music industry is rigorous and tough very very tough you definitely need thick skin to survive and I mean she's obviously very well loved which is also quite hated sometimes um yeah. and has had a bit of news around her so I think just bouncing back from that is such a powerful thing to do as well oh my god this whole thing is just turning into a Taylor Swift yeah. um, sad account <laughs> but I but, mean as it should but <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, right. I, I think you bring up a good point too that like when you're creating something or when you're actually taking the initiative to put it out into the world it's really important to build your resilience because you may not always get positive feedback and just knowing that you can grow and you can learn and to continue adapting and knowing how to take that criticism is also very important yeah, and I'm sure like criticism, maybe not necessarily criticism, but I'm sure that there are some people 
you know, for girls for business who don't necessarily think that it's needed or don't necessarily, um, you know, feel that concern. Um, So I feel like whatever you go into, there will be some level of resistance or apathy towards it. So definitely um, being able to power through that and have your passion come through is is a big one there too. So just to close us off, the final question for today is what is one final piece of advice you would give to ambitious, excited, um, interested youth out there looking to really make a difference? When you're ambitious and when you have a passion for something, that's already very, very powerful. And before you start to take initiative, before you start to do anything, I think it's important to identify your vision and your long-term goal of where you want to go and just continue to revisit that as you develop your initiative, as you develop your organization, for example, and just keep looking back to where you want to be. So you have something to reach towards and you have something to kind of expand upon. And I think that having that vision is an important fundamental basis for whatever you're trying to start. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful little piece of advice right there. And I think, you know, having a vision is fundamental to starting. It's fundamental to, you know, continuing and scaling. And it's also really essential that if you decide to, you know, stop or if you decide to, you know, make difficult decisions in your organization, having a vision is really important because it really clears up a lot of concerns or questions you have there. Um, So Ivy, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was so nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's anybody out there who wants to get in touch with you or Girls for Business or see what you're doing, how can they do that? Um, They can contact me through my email. Should I just say it? Yeah, go say it and we'll have it in the description as well. Okay. Ivy.w.she at gmail.com or through my Instagram at ivwshe. And then Girls for Business's Instagram is at Girls for Business. And you can also visit the website girlsforbusiness.org. Huge thank you to Ivy for coming onto the podcast and chatting with me. We really hope you're inspired to scale up your idea just like how she did with Girls for Business. If you would like to hear the insights of other young changemakers, tune in to this podcast every Wednesday. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to your podcast now. To stay updated and involved, follow at nevertooearly.pod on Instagram. We have all the links in the description of this episode. We would love to hear from you.